opportunity for this the animals even the animals the day will come when it will be said kunu turaba they'll become dust they will be also a moment in the hereafter when even animals those animals that had oppressed other animals revenge will be exacted from them but after that has been done then it will be all dust but insan this never ends insan is on a journey that will continue it all depends on which direction he takes it in allah taala has given him every opportunity to take it to the everlasting bliss everlasting happiness success and if he fails to take heed then he puts himself into destruction in order to help this insan get to this everlasting bliss this perpetual success this never ending peace and happiness allah taala sent down his most beloved of all creation the anbiya ali musallatu wassalam and despite being the most beloved to allah taala allah taala tolerated their extreme sacrifices so that insan could get hidayat there was nobody that underwent more sacrifice than the anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam in the hadith nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says ashaddu ashaddu bala'an al anbiya those who have been tested and tried the most are the anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam and then those closest to them in rank so now these of insan is the greatest of allah taala's creation and of all insan this is the cream they are masoom sinless but allah taala let this sacrifice be made so that the rest of mankind could gain this hidayat so what we understand from this is what great value this hidayat has that these anbiya ali musallatu salam made these sacrifices so that you and i could have this iman and this contact with allah tbaraka wa taala so all the anbiya ali musallatu salam Allah Taala sent them down with a divine message. And this message the details in certain aspects differed in subsidiary aspects in certain specific ways of for example certain aspects of ibadat or certain other ahkam there were certain differences in the different shariats but the principal message was the same. the principles that was the same in every nabi's shariat that never changed tauhid every nabi shariat that obviously was the first point so the message of tauhid from adam alayhi salatu wasalam right to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam every nabi gave the same message every nabi gave the same message in terms of risalat and being obedient to the nabi of allah tbaraka wa taala without which there is no salvation following the nabi of allah taala is a fundamental aspect of iman and minus this there's no iman so like that there were many things which the anbiya ali musallatu wasalam gave a universal message then different nations due to the specific issues that were prevalent among them the nabi of that time came with a specific message to highlight that issue that look this is a source of destruction be careful of this stop this 
And all those incidents repeatedly in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala has mentioned them for us as Ibrad. You'll find the same incident repeated in many many places in the Quran Sharif. Musa salam, his incidents out of the 30 paras, 28 paras, some or the other mention is there. You'll find the incidents of Hazrat Nuh Ali Salatu Wasalam, Hazrat Hud Ali Salatu Wasalam, Salih Ali Salatu Wasalam, and Hazrat Shu'ib Ali Salatu Wasalam, you'll find it in so many different places in the Quran Sharif. The same incident, different aspects of it, the same incident related in a different way. Why? It's the same incident. It's the same incident because the object of the Quran Sharif is not a storybook, it's not a historical record. It is a book of Ibrat. It is a book of Hidayat. That these lessons are being repeated. These messages are being repeated. That in these incidents are messages. And the messages is what is meant for us. So one is the message which, for example, all the Anbiya Ali gave. A kind of universal message. You'll find this in the incident of Nuh Wasalam. You'll find it in the words of Hazrat Hud that Inni lakum rasulun ameen that I am a rasul of Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala has made me ameen also I am trustworthy you can be 100% sure what I am giving you is correct I am not manipulating anything for my personal benefit here I am not chopping and changing anything to suit the times I am giving you what is Allah Ta'ala's word so as a result, Fattakullaha wa ati'oon. All the Amiya gave the same message. Fattakullaha wa ati'oon. And this message is still Qiyamah. Nabi Islam gave the same message. Fattakullah fi Allah Ta'ala. Wa ati'oon and follow me. Every Nabi gave the same message. In every Nabi's time, it was compulsory to follow him. And Nabi Sallallahu came, the last and final messenger till Qiyamah will be compulsory to follow him now. So, Fattakullah wa ati'un. Without taqwa, there is nothing to stop a person from doing anything and everything. Take taqwa out of the equation, then there is no inhibition. There is nothing to stop a person from committing the worst crimes from killing, from murdering, from looting, from defrauding, from committing every immoral act. There's no breaks at all. It's just something that might be on a very superficial nature, who's seeing or who's watching. Other than that, as soon as a person thinks nobody is seeing, he does what he wants. If there's no taqwa, then there's no ibadat. Then a person sleeps through fajr, he continues ringing his till through zohar and asar, and he's busy watching whatever he wants at Maghrib and Isha. There's no taqwa, there's no ibadat. If there's no taqwa, there's no mu'amalat. Because then there's no taqwa. So whatever he takes, whatever comes, as it comes, let it come. If there's no taqwa, there's no mu'asharat. Because what does it matter whether he breaks ties with somebody, whether he's being oppressive upon somebody, whether he's hurting his own parents, whether he is trampling the rights of his wife, whether he is suppressing somebody and oppressing somebody, what it matters? It doesn't matter because if no, there's no taqwa, there's no concern for these things. When there's no taqwa, there's no akhirat in front. When there's no taqwa, then akhlaq, akhlaq is a faraway thing. 
if there's no ibadat and muamalat and muasharat and akhlaq is a faraway thing there will be some convenience from time to time something out of convenience will be done we'll tolerate certain things out of convenience or out of some hope for material benefit a person will be patient where there's some material benefit he'll be tolerant where there's some material benefit he will be generous where there'll be something in return so everything will become material the motivation will be material so therefore the first thing and the, all the anbiya ali salatu wasalam gave the same message fattaqullah wa ati'un fi allah taala number one and then wa ati'un follow me follow the nabi of allah taala in this is the following of the nabi of allah taala in terms of his shari'at in terms of the guidance that he gave so the very important lesson here that in order to be truly fulfilling the commands of allah taala and truly adopting taqwa that won't happen without ittiba of the nabi of allah taala and this is always been the case it's always been the manner in which allah taala has sent down guidance for mankind allah taala sent down kitabullah the book of allah taala accompanied with it rijalullah allah taala sent down the anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam after nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam allah taala kept this continuing in the ummah that there will be rijalullah to teach kitabullah there will be the people of allah taala who will guide us to the book of allah taala so one is the ittiba in the shariat and then in that is included is the ittiba of sunnat that the way of life of the nabi of allah taala there is no success in anything else only in that particular way of life that the nabi of allah taala gave is their success now ittiba of sunnat this includes every aspect of life there is nothing missing in it there is nothing that is excluded from it and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam presented that perfect way of life now often we talk about sunnat we talk about following sunnat we talk about the importance of sunnat and this is such a wide concept this is such a the volumes and volumes on sunnat but just on this in this discussion we will just touch on one brief advice of a personality of our recent times whose adherence to sunnat was proverbial Hazrat Maulana Abrarul Haq sahab rahmatullah alayhi who had become known with the title of Muhyus Sunnah somebody who brought sunnah alive on one occasion he gave one advice he says that there are certain things which are very very simple very simple and because sometimes because they are so simple we tend to just take it for granted but certain things are out of experience the advice is given people who have experienced it they are giving us the advice it is for us to take in he used to say it in in these words is khamira ko kha kar to dekho khamira is this hakim's some paste that they make for kind of something for energy whatever the case is says but eat it and see you're talking about now what will really this benefit and can it really have that benefit and now you know analyze everything but you don't know eat it so leave all the analysis leave all the long long philosophical discussions eat it eat it and then see for yourself so now he prescribed three things he said do the three things very diligently 
and see how this opens the door to ittiba of sunnat. Three things do this very diligently and see how this will open the door to bringing sunnat in your life. Let alone bringing sunnat in your life. He says it's my experience that people who were advised with this and they started diligently doing it. Somebody was not performing a salah with jamaat, he was being negligent. With the barakat of this, that came in his life. Somebody was even making a salah qaza. Obviously that he was advised about that, but he was told do this very diligently. This became the means to open the door to getting his salah on time also. Now how does this link? He'll say, but this doesn't, I can't make head and tail of it. We don't have to make head and tail of it. I said, eat it. What are the ingredients in this? And why is this paste like this? And what are the ingredients in this tablet? Doctor says, but eat it. Carry on. So the very three simple things he mentioned. Number one, he mentioned salam. Make salam. Nabi Salaam says, afshus salam abaynakum. Make salam common among you. Now, again, we're talking about something that will open the doorway to bringing sunnats alive in our lives. Salam, mashallah, very good, but we can't see the link. Don't worry about seeing the link. Everything, we can't see the link. There's, these lights are on, and there's a switch on another end of the wall. We can't see the link, but it's there. We know it's there. And a child doesn't know it's there too, but he finally accepts. You press that button, this light will come on. So those who know the link, they are telling us. Number one, he says, but make salam, as Nabi Salaam says, make salam common. We make salam to those who we know. In the Hadith Sharif we are told, make salam to those you know and those you are not familiar with. Any Muslim, Muslim brother obviously, you have to qualify this. Because many people sometimes only remember it when there is a Muslim sister in front. So, this aspect of salam, salam to make it common, to spread salam. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam says, afshus salam abaynakum, spread salam. Number one he says salam. Salam upon entering the home, how many times people while talking and in the process the person is complaining about a whole lot of problems in his home and in passing ask him, when you enter the house you make salam. He says, no I don't make salam. Oh, why you don't make salam? He says, no answer. He says, well I just forget. Subhanallah, we forget to make salam when entering the home. That is salamati. While he was around, he was talking on the aspect of salam. He says nowadays there are so many illnesses and so many diseases which were not heard of in the past. And one of the things it appears is that in the past people used to make salam very often, very common. As a result they were giving this dua of salamati, of peace to one another all the time. This was even keeping illnesses away. And now salam has become like almost coming, becoming extinct. So salam. Number one, he says salam. Number two, the simple sunnah when climbing, ascending something to say Allahu Akbar. So if not on every step, a few times at least, when descending, saying Subhanallah. If not on every step, at least a few one flight of steps, two, three times we said it, going up, coming down three, four times we said it. And when walking on some level, surface level place, at least some zikr of La ilaha illallah, at least a few times. He says do this. So number one was salam. Number two, when ascending, saying Allahu Akbar, when descending, subhanallah. And walking on some level surface every now and again, la ilaha illallah. So these two things. And then the third thing he mentioned, that in terms of entering and leaving a place, 
When entering into a place which is of a higher category, entering with the right foot. When leaving into a place which is a lower category, leaving, putting the left foot first. For example, entering the toilet, left foot first. Because you're entering into a place of lower category. You're entering into the masjid, you're entering into a place of a higher category, right foot first. You're entering into your home that's a better place than outside. So you enter with the right foot. You're leaving your home, you leave with the left foot. You're entering any place which is of a higher category, be conscious of entering with the, putting the right foot first. Is the other way around, you're putting the left foot first. He says, do these three things and see what happens. But now generally our condition is, we do it for one day, two days, three days, now we're waiting for a miracle to happen now. These three days I've done this. <coughs> Whereas, this is something that brings its effect in time. Normally, transformations happen in periods of 40 days. Even the formation of the child in the womb of the mother happens in periods of 40 days. First one level of transformation happens, then the second over another 40 days, then the third over another 40 days, and at that time the soul is then put into the child. So in any case, this is something that we need to take to heart, as we said, no need for the philosophy behind it. No need to see where is the link and how it links up. Those who have seen and experienced it, they are giving us the advice. Such a simple thing. What difficulty is in it? How much money is going to cost us? What time is required separately to spend in it? What energy it takes? Nothing. So such a simple thing. And every sunnah of Nabi Wasallam, every sunnah is filled with nur. This will bring noor in our lives, noor into our hearts. It will illuminate our lives. So in any case, this was something that, on the topic that of ittiba, this aspect that every Nabi of Allah, wa ta'ala, he gave this lesson of ittiba, of following the Nabi of Allah, ta'ala, and Nabi Islam highlighted this as well. So this is the lesson that <coughs> we need to take, the lesson of ittiba of the Anbiya of Allah, wa ta'ala. in our case, ittiba of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa then coming to more specific aspects from the messages of the Anbiya Ali Wasalam, the messengers of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, Quran Sharif is filled with this. And what can we even really fathom of the depth of these messages? But just some aspects, just barely just scratching the surface of some things. If you look into the lives of the Anbiya Ali Wasalam and into their messages that they have given will find generally that the thing that has been warned against by different Anbiya we can sum it all up into one word different Anbiya Hazrat Shu'ib specifically warned about something which was prevalent in his community likewise Hazrat Hud kept on warning his community about something which had become rife among them. Hazrat Lut warned his community about something, which had become widespread in that community. And likewise, many other Anbiya Ali Musa he had a message. But we can sum all this up in one word. And that one word is lust. Whether it is the lust for wealth, whether it is the lust for power, whether it is the lust for leisure and pleasure and whether it is the lust for power 
So these are the things that lead to destruction. These are the things that bring down the downfall of entire nations. And Allah Ta'ala repeated these incidents in the Quran Sharif. That look, this is what the Anbiya warned their people against. They failed to take heed. And this was their end result. The Quran Sharif repeats these incidents to tell us about the end result. This is what happened. This was the end result. Why? That beware of this. Don't get caught up in the same thing. For Shweib his people were right at the top of, in, in the line of business and economy. Now this has become in their blood. This was something that drove them. But now when this becomes the object of life, when this becomes the object of life, then it changes a person's focus. And this is the primary effort of the Anbiya that they bring the focus right. The primary effort of the Anbiya is on the focus of the heart. This is where they make an effort. Everything else can happen. There can be all kinds of problems and difficulties. And nobody is more affected by other people's problems than the Anbiya They are moved the most. But together with doing what they have to do in terms of helping somebody, their main effort is on the heart. If somebody is suffering poverty, they'll do what has to be done to help him. They'll move the whole community to help him. But the primary effort is on his heart. His heart must come right. Somebody is suffering from some other problem, some other hardship, whatever it is. But the primary object will be to bring his heart right. Because if his heart comes right, he'll wade through. And sooner or later life is going to go. He'll be everlasting successful then. So in any case, Shaib he now saw that this had become the thing that is making people, just their whole life is revolving around this. But now when that becomes the object, then scruples start going away by the wayside. Then the fear of Allah Ta'ala is gone. So he started warning his people, that awful kayla wala takunu min al muhsirin wazinu bil qistas al mustaqim. That look, give full measure. Don't cheat in weight and measure. And don't cause a loss to people. <coughs> and when you're weighing, weigh with a balanced scale. Not something that's already imbalanced and now you're cheating the person. Wazinu bil qistas al mustaqim. Wala tab khasun ashiaahum. And don't give short to people, don't cheat them, don't rob them in any way. Give them full what their due is. Don't create mischief on the earth. But now when the intoxication of wealth comes in, so what was the response? Ya Shuaibu asalatuka ta'muruka an natruka ma ya'budu abauna. Number one. That is your salah and your prayer and your deen. Is this telling you to make us forsake what our forefathers worshipped? Number one, you want us to leave all our idols. But then together with that, Our wealth, why are you telling us what to do with our wealth? We earned it and it's ours. So why are you coming and giving us all your rules and regulations and all your restrictions? We'll do as we want. 
Now this was the response of the intoxication of wealth. The intoxication of other substances. When a person goes to sleep at night intoxicated, he also in the morning wakes up sober. But the intoxication of power and wealth, this is something that that intoxication is very difficult. If that wealth is in the hand, it's in the pocket, it's in the account somewhere, it's anywhere but the heart, then that is a great ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. Then a person will make his dunya with it also, he'll make his akhirat with it also. He'll surpass others in akhirat as well with that wealth. That will be a great ni'mat and a great bounty for him. But when that becomes something that takes into his heart, when it starts becoming like the blood in his body, then that intoxication is very dangerous. Then it takes a person to any level. It makes a person forget Allah Ta'ala. Makes a person forget Akhirat. Some person recently was discussing something and the kind of things that sometimes happen and kind of issues that come up. See, it seems as if this Yaqeen in Akhirat has almost died. It appears like this Yaqeen and conviction in the hereafter that there is a day of judgment coming. That there is a hereafter. I have to face Allah Ta'ala. I have to answer for whatever I have done in dunya. It seems as if that has been something wiped out and erased. That a person just continues as if nothing is ever going to happen. There are going to be no consequences. So these people also were intoxicated with wealth. And in their manner of earning, whatever it might have been. So this was their response. You are stopping us from doing our wealth, what we want to do, how we want to do it, how we want to deal. So this was the one thing that the Anbiya Ali Muhammad in particular he warned these people about look don't do this but they refused to take heed later in so many places in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala then discusses how they were destroyed that they were totally the azab came from Allah Ta'ala side they saw this clouds coming they thought this is really going to give us very good rain and when that cloud came, it was full of azab. It rained down the punishment of Allah Ta'ala and this entire nation was destroyed. Then when there is this abundance of the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala, then sometimes a person doesn't know what to do with it, if he doesn't have that direction. As we mentioned, the Amiya primary effort is on the heart. That the focus must be right. Allah Ta'ala has blessed a person with some ni'mat, he will use it, mashallah. Allah Ta'ala has given him, he will enjoy it, he will enjoy it, he will share it, and he will make his dunya with it, make his akhirat with it also. But if that focus is not right, then everything will go haywire. So the people of, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the nation of Aad. وَإِلَىٰ عَادٍ أَخَاهُمْ هُودًا Allah Ta'ala sent Hud to the people of Ad. Now, they had this abundance and together with that they were very skilled people. But the direction, they lost their direction. So now what became their day and night? Their day and night, Hud lamented to them, 
every high place you find you want to build a monument upon it and you are making these masterpieces of architecture and putting your whole soul into it and heart into it as if لَعَلَّكُمْ تَخْلُدُونَ as if you're going to live in here forever and on top of that وَإِذَا بَطَشْتُمْ بَطَشْتُمْ جَبَّارِينَ you have become like tyrants now and you are being oppressive and stamping people فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُونَ فِي اللَّهَ تَعَلَىٰ Obey me Now this became their direction because they lost the plot The direction was akhirat They made it dunya And now everything became now And how to carve these palatial homes out of mountains They would carve it And this became the be all and not all Abu Darda once came to Damascus A place called Huta and when he came there, he saw what's going on. Everybody is fortifying places and whatever. To have a good home, Allah hasn't forbidden that. To have and enjoy the luxuries and comforts, that too, Allah hasn't forbidden. But to do things in order to just create an impression, spending huge sums of money just to make it something that will attract other people's eyes, that is something in fact dangerous also. It's something that we inviting trouble. So, Abu Darda he came and he saw this. So he came to the masjid. And he announced for everybody to come. When everybody came, he then started addressing them. And then he said to them, Allah tastahyoon? Allah tastahyoon? Are you not ashamed? And then he said to them, that, Tajma'oona ma la ta'kuloon. Wa tabnoona ma la taskunoon. That you are amassing what you will never be able to eat. You are amassing and amassing and your generation won't be able to eat it. And you are building what you will never be able to live in. You need one house, you need maybe two houses somebody needs. Whatever his reason might be, maybe he has two houses. So he needs two houses then. Somebody might need three also. But the thing is that just for the sake of some kind of amusement, some kind of just leisure and pleasure one after the other he says you are building what you cannot live in and then he said you are dreaming such dreams which will never see the light of day you have such hopes and aspirations that you can never realize and then he said there were times when people had passed already they did the same thing but then in the end what happened وَأَصْبَحَ جَمْعُهُمْ بُورًا all what they had amassed was destroyed. And وَأَصْبَحَتْ مَسَاكِنُهُمْ قُبُورًا And their palatial hopes became their graves. So this became the end result. So what are you doing? So he addressed the people in this way and brought their attention that whatever ni'mat Allah Ta'ala has blessed, by all means nobody has forbidden anyone from enjoying that ni'mat and bounty of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala but the focus is akhirat the direction is akhirat so this if that direction is missing this becomes the be all and end all how can this be forever something better and something more and something even the latest whatever is the latest I must have it anything that has now come out new I must be the first to have it 
and I need to enhance my status with it. Just now somebody was saying that sometimes people go and buy something and this is the wastage. Now this is also Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala anhu was actually warning about the wastage. The wastage that goes into building things in a manner that there's not, nothing to be achieved out of it. One is a person, for example, spent money, he put an air conditioner in his house. So he's going to benefit out of that. On a hot day, he's going to put it on, he's going to enjoy the comfort of it. Mashallah, he painted it very good, no problem. Some things that will make him feel happy about it, no problem. But now when it is done in a style just to become the centerpiece, just for everybody else to admire it, for others to admire it, and for that huge sums of money are being, sp- being spent, for others to look at it. That is now something that's gone off the track. And this is what he was warning about, the wastage. So just now somebody was mentioning that there's some place where people go to eat out. So that one small little thing that is bought for 100 rands, people go and buy it for 100 rands, take half a bite from it, quarter bite, and then they want to take a so-called selfie of themselves. Put that there and post it on social media, and then that is not even touched because they are on a diet. <laughs> so what is the whole problem? The whole problem is a selfitis. This whole problem is a selfitis, which is a disease, like a person bronchitis, it's inflammation of the lungs, and sinusitis, inflammation of the sinuses. So they have dis- discovered a disease, selfitis, an inflammation of the ego. So now how is that expressed? With selfies. The selfies, this is the expression of selfitis, this is the symptom. And a person now he can't breathe, and there's a problem. See, there's now something is a problem. His uh, lungs are inflamed. So now, when the self is all over the place, this is a symptom. This person is suffering from self-fighters. So the ego is inflamed. So now he'll spend the hundred rands and he'll bite out of it what will cost five rand worth, maybe one rand worth. He'll bite out of it, but the whole purpose or object of that was the symptom of self-fighters needs to be now go around the block. So now this becomes the condition. So if you just consider that the amount of wastage that happens, and this wastage is something that brings down the azab of Allah Ta'ala. What amount of wastage happens in weddings, in functions, in one, there was some article about some person running some charitable organization in Hijaz, in Bakka Mukarrama, based somewhere there, and he was giving some kind of stats. The amount of food that is wasted, this, the purpose of mentioning this is that we should not also become part of this contributing towards the wastage. When we are in the Mubarak lands, whatever we advise, others also, that he made counted some statistics or went through some statistics that how many million people are starving in the world, children are starving in the world. And he says just the food that is wasted in the Haramain Sharifain, etc., People who come there, people are the one, it's all, all of us from throughout the world, it's not necessary, we're not talking about the people of Haram and Sharifain themselves, but whoever comes there, all contribute to this. He says 17% of the starvation would be taken care of if just this food could be saved and given to them. Millions who are starving, 17% of that will be, this amounts to that, in the tons. Now this wastage is a very serious thing. 
This is what draws down the wrath of Allah Taala, And this is where this direction, when it goes off, this is the message of the Anbiya That beware of this wastage. Don't waste and throw the na'mat of Allah Taala in all this. Use it, enjoy it, give it, share it with those who don't have it. There are numerous people in our own backyards, let alone in other parts of the world, in our own backyards. There are people going, going to bed hungry. There are people who don't have that amount to pay for that water bill, that light bill for that month. They have nothing, they haven't had a decent meal sometimes, just the very basics and bare necessities that they are carrying on. So in any case, this was the message of Hazrat Hud Then, just to, there is so much in all this, but just to touch on a few things. Hazrat Lut this was the lust of wealth. And together with that, the lust of leisure and pleasure. When this leisure and pleasure becomes an obsession. One is somebody takes a break, somebody has a few days off here and there to just refresh himself, provided it is well within the limits of Sharia and Deen. But when that becomes an obsession, a person's life revolves around the holiday. This is one holiday he's planning the next. And after he comes from a holiday, he needs to take a break from it. So that becomes his life. So that is something which is going in a different direction altogether. So this was the lust of leisure and pleasure. And then the lust of the sins of the flesh. This is another destructive thing that destroys individuals, destroys communities, brings down the adab of Allah wa ta'ala. And this was something Hazrat Lut highlighted to his community and his people who had fallen into this filthy way of life where they were, so to say, marrying the same genders. This was something that they started off. And this is something that Allah Ta'ala brought such an azab on which nobody else and no other nation suffered this kind of disgraceful azab. And Lut in very strong words, lamented to them, warned them, أَتَأْتُونَ الذُّكْرَانَ مِنَ الْعَالَمِينَ وَتَذَرُونَ مَا خَلَقَ لَكُمْ رَبُّكُمْ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ بَلْ أَنْتُمْ قَوْمٌ عَادُونَ How can you be so transgressive? You are fulfilling your base desires in this filthy manner? What has happened to you? And they, again, when this intoxication of lust comes in the heart and mind, then a person can't think straight. Whether it is the intoxication of wealth, the intoxication of power, or the intoxication of base desires. When a person is intoxicated by these things, these things take over his mind. Then he can see all the destruction in front of him, it's there. But he can't focus on it. He says, come what may, I don't know, whatever happened will happen. He becomes blinded to glaring realities. And this is what happened to these people also. And now they are just going blindly into their filth and evil. And Lut very openly declared to them then, قَالَ إِنِّي لِعَمَلِكُمْ مِنَ الْقَالِينَ Now, this is something very significant for us, what he said. He said to them that I totally despise your way of life. See, what has happened in time is, and this is something which is... Somebody had written an article, the five points of deception. The five points of deception. 
That when somebody wants to create deception, what's the process they go by through? Now it's a lengthy discussion, but there are various steps, and these are not just, this is not just a story, this is a reality of how things are brought into a community. Things which would be totally outrageous, but it is gradually brought in. It doesn't happen in one day or one month. The whole process takes two to three generations. Two to three generations. It starts off with the step that they call the outrage. The first, the, the step called the shocker. Starts off with the shocker, meaning now they want to bring something out. They want to create some kind of deception, meaning some filth, they want to make people to start accepting it. That's the deception. Or the filthy lifestyle, the gay lifestyle, whatever. Now they want to make this acceptable in society. So what will happen first? Somebody will be bought off somewhere. He'll be paid some fancy figure. To do what? Now he's somebody, for example, on some media. So he's a person who everybody is listening to. Now he will be brought onto, he'll be bought off to bring about the shocker. He'll come out on the airwaves or he'll write something in the media and he'll say this is something that we need to look at this again. We need to revisit the way in which we treat this. That we look down upon this kind of thing. It's something we need to revisit. Now he'll just leave a shocker there. Now people are totally outraged. That's the second part now. That they will be outraged. So now if it's something that was said on radio for example, now people will be calling in and they'll be now denouncing it. But now each time somebody denounces it, after a few days this fellow will repeat the same thing. He'll repeat the same thing now. Whereas it's expected or it's, we would think now that the whole world who stood up in outrage, so this fellow will be ashamed and sit down quietly. But he's being paid to do a job. So he'll stand up again and say the same thing. And he'll even try to give justification for it. He'll try to give some kind of so-called reasons for it. Support for his argument. Now what will happen as a result? After this outrage, first people will be just outraged. Everybody will be condemning it. But then it now slowly, gradually comes into the third phase. And the third phase is debate. Everybody will be debating it. Over conversations, over table, over meals, over whatever gatherings. Somebody is 99% are against it, 1% are for it, and then 2% are for it, and 98% but the debate will carry on. But what's the whole idea behind it? The idea is people must keep discussing it. Because repetition is what is required here. And then what will happen is they'll have some talk shows. And this is where sometimes people get caught up in the same trap. Now one person made some outrageous statement, so they call him on some radio channel. And now they're interviewing him. And now giving him a chance to even repeat that filth that he spoke. He says, now we want to break. He hasn't got any argument. What do you want to break down something broken? But what is happening is, he's, giving, he's been given, and the whole idea behind it was that people must keep hearing about it. They must keep talking about it. It must keep coming into society. So what, in time now, due to this constant debate, after some time, now this is going to take, Maybe already in the second generation. It comes to a level of tolerance. Tolerance in the sense that somebody will say, look, I don't like this. This is terrible. But you can't now force things down people's throat. Something I don't like doesn't mean now I must force somebody else not to like it also. 
Now where it came down? To the level of tolerance. And then finally it will come to the level of acceptance. Some very high profile public figure will come out of the closet somewhere. And he'll say this is my lifestyle also. And then he'll be lauded. Look at the courage this fellow has. He's got the courage of expressing himself. That whatever he believes in, he's, he's got that courage and guts to say what it is. Now he gets praise for that, for claiming how depraved he is. For announcing to the world how immoral he is. He is getting praised for it. So Luthalisalam said in no uncertain terms, Inni li'amalikum min al I despise, I hate your way of life. We should not compromise in this. This is not something that is that well because we need to be aware of this. Children are being taught tolerance for all this in schools. But tolerance means what? This is fine also. Don't worry about it. If you don't like it, it's your taste. But this is also okay. Now something as immoral and as disgusting and as totally degenerate as this it's being brought on that note now that you have to tolerate it. And if you speak against it, this is hate speech. So, the Quran Sharif is very clear. Subhanallah, can we imagine at that time when this ayat was revealed, who could have foreseen that a time will come when this will have to be highlighted in this way? That look what the Quran Sharif is saying. That you cannot be watering down this. You cannot be making it look like something like this. By the way, it doesn't matter. It's fine, you can tolerate it. No, you cannot tolerate it. Inni li'amalikum min al And sometimes certain things become like a tsunami and it goes beyond a person's control. He cannot do something outside. Rabbi najjini wa ahli mimma ya'amaloon. Then he has to worry about himself and his family. If he cannot do anything beyond that, he is still responsible to make sure he looks after his family. looks after himself. Rabbi najjini Allah, you save me and my family from the filth of all this, what the community is doing out there. So now how is the family going to be protected? That is the effort of the home, the talim in the home, the conscientizing of our children, talking to them about the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, about the ahkam of Allah Ta'ala, talking to them about akhirat, about jannat, about jahannam, about the sunnat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, about all the things that we have to be encouraging towards being and creating that consciousness of Allah Taala, this is going to bring about that environment in the home that will make it conducive for that child's heart to turn towards Allah Taala. So this is the message that the Ambiya Ali gave. Time has already run out, but the lesson in all this is Fattakullaha wa Atiyoon. This is the sum total of it all. All the Ambiya Ali they repeatedly gave these messages and all, all these incidents the Quran speaks about that Ruth Ali Salatu Wasalam said this to his people Salih Ali Salatu Wasalam said this to his people and Nuh Ali Salatu Wasalam advised his people in this way but then towards the end Allah Ta'ala says out of each incident that they denied the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala they, they said that قَالُوا سَوَاعٌ عَلَيْنَا أَوَعَزْتَ أَمْ لَمْ تَكُمْ مِنَ الْوَاعِذِينَ you can carry on talking it makes no difference to us so what they said, Sawaun alina, awa azta, amlam takum min alwaizin. You tell us, don't tell us, makes no difference to us. In hada illa khulukul awalin. All old time fairy tales. Don't worry about it. But then 
the azab came. The Quran Sharif is giving us these lessons that look, these are things that brought about azab. These are things that brought about destruction of nations. So therefore, don't follow in the footsteps of those who got destroyed. Follow in the footsteps of the Anbiya Ali Follow in the footsteps of those who followed the Anbiya Ali This is the way to gaining that everlasting success. And in that, the very, very vital aspect was ittiba. That to follow the Nabi of Allah wa ta'ala, and after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa there are no Anbiya to come. So therefore in Surah Al-Fatiha, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ Allah guide us to the path of people, to those, path of those whom you have favored. Who are they? مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءِ وَالصَّالِحِينَ In another ayat, the Quran Sharif explains it, the path of the Nabiyyin, and after them the Siddiqeen, Shuhada and Salihin. And this will continue till Qiyamah. So if we keep to rightly guided people, inshallah will be rightly guided. And we decide to take chances, then that's something very dangerous. So this is the message of the Anbiya Ali Musalatu Salam. This is what we need to take to heart. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. And short zikr and dua. Allah <laughs> La ilaha illallah 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 
محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله جل جلاله عم نواله ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم اللهم انا نسالك العفو والعافيه والمعافاه الدائمه في الدين والدنيا والاخره 
والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most kind, most gracious, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله Allah indeed we are most sinful يا الله Allah we accept and acknowledge all the sins we have committed يا الله Allah we cannot deny anything يا الله Allah you are the knower of everything يا الله Allah you know where our eyes have looked at يا الله Allah you know what our ears have listened to يا الله what our tongues have spoken يا الله what our hands have held يا الله which direction our feet have walked to يا الله Allah what has lurked in our hearts يا الله Allah the know of our thoughts as well, Ya Allah. Allah, we cannot hide anything from you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, we acknowledge all the sins we have committed, Ya Allah. Allah, from head to toe, we are covered in sin, Ya Allah. But you are most forgiving, Ya Allah. You are most merciful, Ya Allah. You are most kind, Ya Allah. Allah, you love forgiving, Ya Allah. Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Out of your grace and mercy, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, show your maghfirat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Show your maghfirat on the ummah, ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, ya Allah. Allah, remove the suffering of the ummah, ya Allah. Allah, remove the poverty from the ummah, ya Allah. Allah, remove the oppression from the ummah, ya Allah. Allah, remove the hardships and difficulties from the ummah, ya Allah. Allah, remove ignorance from the ummah, ya Allah. Allah, guide us all to sirat mustaqim ya Allah. Allah, guide us to sirat mustaqim ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the evils, ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, ya Allah. Allah, make our direction towards akhirat, ya Allah. Make our direction towards jannah. Ya Allah, Ilahul Alamin Ya Allah, full of hearts with your Muhammad Ya Allah, full of hearts with your Muhammad Ya Allah, full of hearts with your Muhammad Ya Allah, Allah remove all the intoxication from us Ya Allah, remove the intoxication of wealth Ya Allah, remove the intoxication of power Ya Allah, Allah remove the intoxication of all the lusts Ya Allah, Allah remove the intoxication of all the evils Ya Allah, Allah full of hearts with your Muhammad Ya Allah, full of hearts with the love of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, full of hearts with the love of Deen Ya Allah, with the love of the Quran Sharif Ya Allah, with the love of salah and zikr ya Allah with the love of dua ya Allah with the love of the effort of deen ya Allah Allah accept us and our progenies for the effort of your mubarak deen ya Allah Allah grant ikhlas and istiqamat ya Allah bilahul alamin ya Allah every moment of our life let it be in your obedience ya Allah every moment let it be in your obedience ya Allah Allah save us from being ya Allah falling into your disobedience ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah you protect us ya Allah Allah you save us ya Allah Allah you protect us and save us ya Allah Allah you look after us like the little babies looked after ya Allah اللهم واقية كواقية الوليد اللهم واقية كواقية الوليد يا الله don't leave us to ourselves for the blink of an eye Allah إله العالمين you guide us يا الله يا الله you guide us يا الله يا الله you protect us يا الله save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan يا الله إله العالمين يا الله يا الله you save us from every evil يا الله إله العالمين يا الله all those who يا الله have يا الله asked us for any good any dua to make يا الله grant them the best of dunya and akhirat يا الله remove all the difficulties and hardships يا الله and all those that seek with them shifaya kamila ajila mustamirra daima Allah remove all their illnesses ya Allah Ilahul Alamin, do not leave any trace of the illness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, give them quick and speedy recovery, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, all those in any financial difficulty, Ya Allah, remove with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, whatever hardship, difficulty, anxiety, worries, depression people are suffering from, Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant happiness in the hearts, Ya Allah. 
Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah Allah don't take us to task on the day of qiyamah ya Allah Ilahul alamin will become an embarrassment for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Ilahul alamin ya Allah you save us from becoming a pains of difficulty for him ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah ya Allah all the good that ya Allah Nabi sallallahu alaihi begged for ya Allah we also begging for all that good whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi sought refuge from ya Allah you give us protection as well ya Allah Ilahul alamin all those who have raised their hands to this dua ya Allah you are the know of the unseen ya Allah fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Whatever anxieties and worries, Ya Allah, each one has, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul alamin, grant us the best of dunya and the best of akhirah. اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا تقبل منا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا وتب علينا وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله واصحابه اجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد